Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode. I've got an interview coming your way with Anthony Ambrose, a friend of mine who I have known from VidSummit, as well as we were both coaches for a YouTube program before. So I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right into the meat of it. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Anthony and I will catch up with you at the end of the episode. Thanks guys. Anthony Ambrose is a YouTube certified growth and content strategist. He has built and grown 100 plus YouTube channels for influencers, entrepreneurs, and companies. He's generated over a billion views and millions of dollars in sales for his clients organically through YouTube. Anthony has spoken at Video Marketing World, VidCon, and at several marketing conferences, as well as been invited to lecture at universities. His work has been featured in HuffPost, Mashable, Daily Mail, and MTV. He currently launched a new YouTube channel for a billion dollar company that has generated 5 million views and 200,000 plus subscribers in less than six months organically. Anthony has consulted for ClickFunnels, Pengjun, and other ClickFunnel award winners and currently manages Dan Henry's YouTube channel along with 10 other channels. You can find Anthony online at anthonyambrise.com as well as in his Facebook group, Video Creator Secrets, which currently has over 1,100 members. Anthony, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm so excited to have you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> now, we actually got to meet for the first time at VidSummit, but I've known about you for a while. So it's kind of interesting when you finally get to see people and meet people in person. And have you ever experienced that phenomenon where you think you know someone kind of well, and then you meet them and you're like, I kind of do, but I kind of, I'm just a stranger to you. Have, has that ever happened to you? I mean, I guess, yeah. Like, I mean, I've, I've been on YouTube for a while and, and I usually, you know, sort of get that thing of like, I'm somewhere and then someone comes up to me and they're like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> and then, and then it's, it's sort of that first awkward part. Um, but then I guess, I guess that's a little bit different because it's more of like, they've been watching me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and they're, you're kind of racking your brain. Like, have we met at some party and I just don't remember. I'm not trying to be right. rude. And then they're like, Oh, I've watched you on YouTube. And you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what first got you onto YouTube. So, yeah. Um, so Anthony Ambrose, uh, I'm married. <laughs> um, I have three little girls and uh, I run a company called VidStrategy, uh, where I help uh, creators and influencers um, and entrepreneurs basically start their YouTube channel, and or I'll manage it or help them create it, yeah, and, and grow it as well. And uh, what got me onto YouTube originally was, um, and this is always fun to explain because it dates me, it like shows how old I am. <laughs> so, so there was this time uh, when I was in college where the where this thing called the 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 iPod came out that had video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and and at that time, um, podcasting was still a thing. And so this was now I don't even remember what year it was, but whenever the iPod video came out, um, iTunes had what was called video podcasts, which was like to me was like the most amazing thing ever because I was like I was doing podcasting at the time. I was like interviewing people. Um, you know, sort of like what we're doing right now. Right. And, and, but then I was like video podcasting, like I'm enjoying this. I'm watching it on my iPod video. I'm like, I want to learn how to do this. And so from that, I was like, okay, I'll start like filming and recording my interviews with people 
and then I'll put them somewhere so I can like then get an RSS feed to create this video podcast. Nice. Um, and so that's sort of how like that first uh, idea sparked. Like I was usually always creating some sort of video content, but I, I never thought of like putting it as like a reoccurring type of show or theme. I was just making fun videos and I'd find a place to host it. And, and sometimes it was YouTube. Sometimes during the, the, those days, it was like break video, I think is what it was called <laughs> yeah. or Rever, right? Oh yeah. Uh, I remember that one. Um, and so from there, yeah, it was, it was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to create a show. Um, I'm going to keep interviewing people and I'm going to record this and I'm going to use YouTube and make a video podcast. But then as soon as I started using YouTube, I was like, I was like, no, I'll just make it a YouTube show and I'll just, um, host it on all these other platforms as well. And so that's how it started. That was like 2008, 2009. Wow. So I do remember. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so awesome hearing everyone's stories. And so, and yeah, yeah, so for so from 2008 was the initial idea. I started going out filming stuff. And then 2009 was the official launch of everything. And then that went all the way till 2013. Um, I was on YouTube as just a creator um, creating content. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. It's so you're like an OG, like you've been on there like almost 10 years now. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So here's a question for you. So you found a way to incorporate what you are already doing and expand it with YouTube. And a lot of people are looking to do the same, a lot of businesses and, um, and just creators alike. But who do you believe should be on YouTube? I believe anyone who has a message that they want to share with the world um, whether that message is like, I just want to entertain people, right? Um, I just want to make people laugh or have fun or think. Um, so yeah, anyone who has something that they want to share, really. I mean, uh, thinking back, like, uh, the old days of YouTube, like it was, it was to broadcast yourself, right? So to me, like broadcasting usually meant you have something to say. So if you have something to say, it's something to share, get on YouTube, have fun. I think that's a really good point and I run into so many people who are always saying oh you know I've been wanting to start a YouTube channel for insert however many years I was at a meetup and someone said four years I've been trying to be on YouTube and I'm like oh my gosh what are you doing then four years you haven't made your first video yet but what do you think some of the greatest reasons why people keep delaying and not getting on YouTube not getting started yeah I, I definitely think it comes down to overthinking it um, because then you know I think now especially with how, I mean, the platform in a way is still young, but it's, it is old, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think that since we see like this, like high quality um, videos and, and like productions and like actual shows and all these types of things happening, um, it, it becomes daunting and sort of scary to, to start because it's like, well, I don't know how to do any of that stuff or I don't have a team to do it all. And but then what people don't realize is that, I mean, when I started, like the camera that I was using, um, like was outdated for the time, but I still used that camera um, because I was told like, oh, this is the camera that like filmmakers use to make documentaries. And I was using mini, mini DV tapes oh my gosh, while yeah. everyone was, <laughs> while everyone was switching to like a DSLR, I was like using these, like, I was probably the only person that went to Walmart and bought mini DV tapes for like those like first three to four years of doing <laughs> stuff on YouTube. 
Um, but yeah, like people don't realize that right now, like if you have an iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy, like you have like an amazing camera uh, and you have everything you need right there on your phone. You have apps like, I mean, those editing apps didn't even exist back then. Like uh, so you true. have all these tools available to you. And so like the tools shouldn't be the thing that stop you from starting is just don't overthink it hit record record something edit it put it out there see what happens <laughs> i love that that's great advice so now that you have leveled up your game i'm sure anyone who's been on youtube for nine or ten years do you have any favorite equipment or gear that you absolutely love and can't live without um for me i think one of my like the biggest one is final cut pro uh, Final Cut Pro 10. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Yay, think, another Final Cut Pro user. <laughs> yes, I'm always like, in like a crowd of like premiere people and I'm like, I use oh, no, I'm, Final I'm, Cut. <laughs> I'm so I'm so hardcore about Final Cut Pro 10. Um, I mean, it, it, it's really because, I mean, I have a little side story with this, right? I was sort of forced into it a little bit. <laughs> like I was originally a Final Cut Pro user and then when the switch happened, everything got updated and you know, reinvented and whatnot. Um, I was like, I, I was like, I was gonna make the jump like everyone else that that went to Premiere, right? And I started using Premiere, and then I was like, I was like, I don't know about this. It's like, like how, there's a lot of features that I don't really need if I'm producing content for YouTube, and and so where I was working at, like it was a video production um, company, and um, my boss was like an avid Apple fanboy. And so he's like, we're going to learn Final Cut Pro 10. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. And so, and so I started using it. And then I was like, I was like, man, this thing is game changing. It's like fast. And so I just sort of threw away Premiere and I was like, no, let's, I'm sticking to this. And, I, and, I've, and I've been on it ever since. And I haven't found a reason to leave. <laughs> I totally um, agree. Keyboard shortcuts, exporting time. It's just fast. It's, yeah. You know, it's so fast that I... I edit my podcast inside of Final Cut Pro. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, I know. I that's, could, I, like GarageBand, I mean, it's fine. But one of the biggest things where I totally do it in Final Cut Pro because you can have the variable playback. Oh, yeah. And, nice. so, and you see all the little audio waveforms at the bottom. Like, I am fine. And then exporting just the audio. I will even do my podcast inside of Final Cut Pro. So oh, I'm a cool. total Final Cut Pro believer. <laughs> yeah. So so for me, that that's the big one. Um for, for like filming, really, uh, like, I mean, right now I'm helping my dad with his YouTube channel and my dad uses his iPad and his iPhone to film all his videos. And you really can't tell the difference of him if he's using like a DSLR or some other type of camera. Like, so for me, when it comes to like shooting, whatever you know how to use and it works for you, use that. Uh, but when it comes to editing, I like Final Cut Pro 10. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> so I love that you had the advice earlier, you know, just get started, record something, publish it. What advice, any other advice that you would give to someone starting out, if you were to give them two or three tips? Yeah, for sure. Um, so first of all, like, I think at the beginning, like, you don't need to get too bogged down with, like, thinking about, like, you got to niche down and all this stuff. Like, cause your first few videos are always going to suck <laughs> <It's> <laughs> um, <so true. laughs> and, and like, and the, and the things that you'll be creating, um, you know, you'll, you'll think that you're on like a specific 
like you're talking about specific things like a, a, you have a, a niche that you want to talk about and you're doing your thing there but you'll realize that you ranted off into some other world um <laughs> and it's just going to happen and so you just have to get used to being in front of the camera you got to get used to how you create your content you got to really understand do you enjoy it right like are you enjoying this process um and so first of all, it's just, just start creating because then you, you'll get to experience all that. You'll get to experience the creation process. You'll get to experience how you deliver your message. And then you'll start to sort of get some of that feedback. Um, and, and those feedback, that feedback will come through views, through people sharing or people commenting. Um, after that, then you can start sort of modifying and realizing like, all right, you know what? I actually really enjoy talking about this. And so now this is going to be my main thing. And then you can sort of build around that and, and um, be like, all right, my channel is about this. My content is about this. And then, and then you can go about, you know, doing what it is that you want to do. Right. Um, because you won't know right away. Some, some people, there might be people who know because, you know, that of their past experience, they're like, I'm going to start talking about this and then just go to town with that. Um, but yeah, I think first it's, it's, it goes down to experimenting, enjoying the process. Then you can niche down. And then after you've niched down, as you keep going, you'll basically end up modifying anyways. And mm -hmm. so like you'll, you'll sort of uh, tweak and modify how you deliver your messaging. Um, and, and then from there, it's just, you know, consistency is, is really the key. Like um, even with someone like, like me, who's been on this platform for, for a long time, who knows what to do, like, if I stop on the consistency, which I have currently, <laughs> like the channel <laughs> suffers, like automatically, like nothing's going to happen there. <laughs> yep. Um, it's do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I totally agree on kind of start where, where you are and upgrade later, because I cannot tell you how many times I've seen people say and commit to going full gung ho. They go out and buy thousands of dollars of equipment and gear and six months later, they haven't made any videos and the stuff is on sale, you know, on Facebook marketplace because they're like, ah, I just didn't like it very much. Right. It's yeah. so funny, like, yes, people are funny that way. Oh, so you have made a shift and you're also doing coaching and consulting for your clients after yes. you've been a creator. So one question I hear is, why would someone want to hire a coach or a consultant for their ch YouTube channel? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, um, to explain that a little bit, I, I, like, let me, uh, let me continue a little bit with my origin story here. Right. Mm -hmm. So after being a creator, um, so it was from 2008 to 2013 in 2013, that's when I started working at a company and I was actually brought on to work at this company um, by like by saying like hey we see that you have a youtube channel is, is what they told me on twitter right <laughs> they actually reached out to me and they're like we see you have a youtube channel we see you, what you've done on it would you be interested in doing that for our company and i was like sure that seems cool like work you know work at a company and work on their youtube channel I love and it. this um this company uh they sold screen protectors and, and iphone cases and things nice. like that like right? invis shield yeah so like the the company's called bodyguards um and so at the time, they, uh, they were just like, yeah, we, we want to figure out how we can use YouTube to sell our product. And so that and was like, smart. And they're smart. And this was oh, yeah. back when? 2013. Yeah. See, they were very smart and on the ball. Because a lot yeah, of companies definitely. now, you're like pulling them, dragging them into thinking that <laughs> way. 
I love it. Okay, go ahead. For, for sure. Uh, and so um, I started working with them and, and I had to figure out this whole new thing about like, um, you know, ROI and all this type of stuff where so I was like, you know, I was, I was always like a filmmaker. I had learned stuff about advertising and marketing here and there, but I didn't know what it was really like to sell something online um, using YouTube. Um, and so that was like my first experience there um, was like creating content that sells. Um, and honestly, I found out that there wasn't much of a difference in creating good quality content that keeps people engaged and that just points them to something. Um, and so usually as a creator, you're usually pointing them to like subscribe or usually pointing them to, you know, the, that call to action is to uh, watch more content or comment or do those things. Right. And so with creating content uh, for a company to sell something, it, it came down to like, all right, buy this. You saw how it performed. You saw what it did. It's really cool. Buy this. You go here to buy it. Right. Um, and so that's how I got my first experience. And from there, that's where I started to understand that whole process. So, and so then that changed like my whole world where I'm like, okay, I can, I can now manage channels. I can help people make money from YouTube and all this. So getting that experience of working with clients and working in businesses um, that, that moved me into doing coaching and consulting. And then I realized that when people came to me to hire me as a consultant or a coach, um, it was very easy for me to look at their channel and look at their video content and be like, Oh, you just need to tweak this here, move this over here, say this a little bit differently, you know, add this, you know, intro right here or, or, you know, add this engagement question here. Um, and oftentimes there was people who, you know, you talked about like uh, people saying like, you know, for four years, I wanted to start a channel. <laughs> uh, there was people who like for years were on YouTube and only had a hundred subscribers <laughs> or, or like barely any views but we're still actually being consistent, but things weren't taking off. But then, you know, hiring me as a coach or a consultant, um, then I was able to change that for them. Like they started to either uh, grow their YouTube channels and, and get subscribers, get views. Um, if they, if they were a channel that needed a, if they're a business uh, actually make sales from their YouTube channel. Um, and it just helps speed up that process a whole lot. Like, I mean, I have 10 years of experience. And so now I get to dump 10 years of experience and knowledge on people who are just starting out or people who have been struggling for a few years and they're getting that all compressed and be like, you don't need to make all these crappy mistakes that I once made. Um, you know, here's, here's the correct way to do this. Um, yeah, I think it just saves tons of time and, and it also saves a lot of money too. <laughs> a lot of heartache as well. I think it's true. Now, it's funny because I think a lot of people think of the word coach and consultant as interchangeable. Mm. And when I try to tell people the difference, I say it's kind of a relationship. If you want a consultant, that's someone who's going to take a peek at what's going on in your channel, give you instructions on how to fix it, and they're not really going to probably check back in with you. Whereas a coach, not really that responsible for your success, but is in a relationship with you, guiding you, giving you feedback you know, but it's still always up to the client to go and do the work. So that's kind of the way yes. that I like to uh, explain to people the difference between the two. Is there a way that you like to explain to your clients when they're coming to you saying, which one do I need? No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, the way I've set things, uh, sort of, a, you know, the way I've sort of set up my business model is that 
I tend to consult companies <laughs> um, because they don't have the time for a one-on-one -on -one experience uh, more than just like a day. <laughs> um, I think so, that's very, very true. Yeah. And they're so, usually not very like feelings hurt about stuff. They just want the right. tactical, what do you want me to change? And yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I'll tend to set it up to where I'll go into a company and, and consult with, you know, their marketing department and sort of do the training and be like, here's what you need to do. Here's all your tools. I'll see you never, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Um, and so, and so like, you know, it, it goes down to that because they already have a team. They already have those resources. They just need that information. Right. Um, and then with the coaching side of things, um, I usually tend to attach, um, my coaching with a, a with a program, right. Where there's, there's some, um, instructional materials that, that my clients can then, I mean, with coaches, I usually call my client students there because it's like, we're going through this learning process together, but I usually give them resources they can study on their own and then I come in to sort of re-emphasize certain things like figure out like sometimes I feel like those coaching sessions become therapy sessions oh my gosh yes so <laughs> uh, true <laughs> especially with with uh with students that are that are uh um married couples <laughs> working together Whew. yeah yeah because it's like it's like usually it's the husband right he's like he's like we gotta buy this new uh I've been looking at this new camera what do you think and I'm like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> um, and so, and and then every now and then you hear the, you hear like, see, I told you we had to update that thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of I told you what, so's, right? Yeah, when it's when it's just, two people like a partner yeah. on a channel. <laughs> yeah, but but with that, yeah, it's just it's just helping them. I mean, I, I I sort of feel like I become an accountability partner, right? Yeah. Um, and and I'm just there to like, like they have the skill set, right? They just they just need to apply it. So I'm just there to help them apply those skill sets and, and really motivate them and, and see some tweaks. Like I often think, I mean, coaching, when you, when you think about it, like in a sports sense, like the, you know, the coach gives you some play by plays and then he, you know, reviews them with you. And he's like, here's where it got messed, you know, messed up or like, Hey, let's, let's keep it going. You know, it's just motivating you through the training process through, you know, the person performing and, and whatnot. He's just, just there giving that that playbook motivating you and helping you make tweaks love it that is excellent so because there is content out there for coaches slash consultants who are trying to get clients and get people interested in their channel and getting them kind of viewed as an expert do you find that there's any kind of delineation between the material that you charge for versus what you give away for free on the interwebs yeah, definitely. So um, this this was actually a, a conversation I just had recently with someone where I was like, man, do I like uh, I'm building out a new program, a new course. And I'm just like, all right, do I need to switch a lot of my content now that I'm that I give away for free? Um, and how do they both work together? And and I realized, like when when it comes to giving away free content, um, a lot of that content ends up being a little more general. Like I'm I'm a big proponent of like action items still though like so I, I try to make sure that when i'm teaching and giving free content away there's still actionable steps that somebody can you know take and go do and, and get results and so it, when i'm doing free content it, a lot of it tends to be a lot more general um when i'm doing my paid programs whether it's the coaching or course stuff um i'm gearing that to a very specific audience so the way i teach things there will be 
very tailored to them. And even when I, when I'm coaching them, um, the way I approach certain things will be tailored to what it is they're offering and, and what it is they're trying to sell or what their goals are. And so things tend to be a little more tailored, a little more custom, um, to their experience and their knowledge. Um, because you know, they'll, they'll have different experiences. they will be at different levels. And so I just tweak things a little bit more there. Uh, and for a course, again, very specific to the audience of, of, you know, who this course is for. Um, so that's, that's sort of how I differentiate those two things. That sounds awesome. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you're getting value out of it. I'm just interrupting for one minute to tell you about our sponsor, and that is Vertical Video Marketing Academy, which is my signature one-on-one coaching and consulting program. If you're ready to up-level your personal brand and make sure that you can convert attention to revenue, I am here for you. Make sure you catch the information in the show notes so that I can work with you on how to do all the things. I'm really excited about my program and making sure that I can help you get the most success possible in a customized and tailored program just for you. In 90 days, you will go from clueless to feeling confident about your content distribution strategy and how to actually get across your message in a way that is entertaining and of value to your ideal customers. So if you're ready to take that leap, make sure you check out the notes in the description and you will learn all about that. And now back to the interview. Okay. Is there a particular video that has led to opportunities that you never really thought would happen? Um, I think, I think early on, I mean, when I, when I got that, uh, you know, that, that DM on Twitter of like managing my channel, like, or managing that company's channel, you know, it was just like the channel that I was creating, the content that I was creating had to do with like, with hip hop and urban culture. Like it had nothing to do with screen protectors and, and, uh, you know, selling stuff. Um, so it was, it was very unique and interesting to see that. Um, I mean, other, ex- I, there's been other experiences like that. Um, currently they're, they're like, I get reached out, um, I get contacted by different channels who are very unique, um, space and, and, and niche. And, and I'm just like, how did you hear about me? <laughs> and like, <laughs> And like, you want me to work on this channel? Like I've like, you know, this will be a first, but like, I, I usually really enjoy those types of experiences and those opportunities a lot. Um, because uh, to me, I mean, I think there's fundamentals and there's basic principles and, and they tend to apply across all uh, different types of content anyway. Um, but yeah, like, I think that's, that's sort of what I've seen, like just putting myself out there has brought out those opportunities. Um, I mean, one, one other, uh, I, one other example I can give is, uh, when LinkedIn video, um, came out when it was first launched, I think on day two, I created a online video resume, which is like, what a great like, idea. Yeah. I, I had so much fear in doing it to be honest, because I'm like, all right, I often see like actors do those demo reels yeah. about their, their acting reel. And then like, I know that those could get cringy, right? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, so I'm about to do a video resume. I don't know if I've ever seen something like this. So this could be the worst thing that I ever do. And I become like some sort of internet meme or it works <laughs> and, so, and cool stuff happens. And, and I didn't really need to do a video resume. It was just like a test concept idea type of thing. So I'm like, all right, it's LinkedIn, professionals, resumes. I don't like doing resumes. I'm gonna do a video resume. 
because I can do better on camera. And so I did that and it blew up. It got, um, at the time, I think it got like 10,000 views right off the gate. Um, I got all these like great new contacts, um, got some opportunities to work with some clients and even got job interviews, which I just took just for fun to see like what's going on over here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience. And, and uh, I sort of didn't think much of it when I first did, I was like, it's gonna be a cool concept. Let's see what happens. And then a lot of stuff happened. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. It reminds me so much of Legally Blonde and Elle Woods, her video essay to get into law school. Worked for her too. I, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like, no. you just had your own little legally blonde moment and it totally worked. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely have to like reference that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, is there any lasting advice that you would want to give to people who are just on the fence about not sure if video is right for them? Anything you would like to say to them? I mean, video, like, I would say this, because I, I think sometimes people who are on the fence tend to be people who are introverted, right? Um, because it's like, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't really do well in, in like public situations and all that stuff. And, and then it's like, well, like video is like the best tool you have. Because like when you're shooting that video, you're by yourself in, in a room with just a camera in front of you. And so you have complete control of the entire situation. You can put out what you want to put out and what you don't want to put out. And so, you know, once it goes out, then, you know, it's a little bit different, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Like you now get to, like, I, I feel like people who are introverted and I, and I, and I feel like I used to be very introverted. Um, and I sort of still am. I now consider myself an ambivert, uh, a little half, half and half. Um, like I, I feel like, um, yeah, like we have a lot to say um, because we don't get to talk much yeah. <laughs> in public situations. Um, and so it, it's it's like, you know, to, video to me is powerful and and like, and like it, it can do so much. And so if you have something to say again, like, you know, put it on video, like get your thoughts, get your feelings out there. Um, you know, even if it, if it is that, you know what, like, let's say you want to document life and, and journal and you don't want to write, make video journals and, and, and you can share those with the world if you want, or leave them for, you know, your, your posterity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I think, yeah, I think communicating things through video is very powerful. It's, it's awesome. It's fun. And, and, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity, especially today. I mean, we're now going to 2020 and it's like, to me, it's like, like doing video online is old <laughs> but people are but people are still not getting it and so don't sit on the fence just create some videos have fun with it i relate to the introvert thing because i am an introvert and so standing and doing videos in my room it is comforting because it's just me and a camera and i can put out what i want to and do as many edits or takes as i need to and then release it. And there's something very comforting about that. In fact, I'm usually more socially awkward when people meet me in real life. They're like, wow. <laughs> so I find video very comforting. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> and, and I've actually found, um, to like add to that whole introvert thing, I've actually found that there are a lot of like well-known people who are amazing stage speakers and presenters and, and like celebrities and, and who are in the public eye who are introverts mm -hmm. um 
is just that there is power with being able to know that you are commanding the stage or you know the camera and and so like you have more control over it so I think even yeah being on stage there's a still like a line that you know it's me and an audience and I can be performing for a little bit of time and then go off stage and then have no one talk to me anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay Uh, so one last thing if people want to find out more about you where would they find you online yeah um video creator secrets on facebook there's my facebook group and on youtube video creator secrets as well and then uh you can just look up anthony ambrice and uh you should find me everywhere (laughs) and that's a-m-b-r-i-z right yes Okay, just making sure. I will put all of your links in the show notes and description, but I want to say, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and interview with Anthony Ambrose. I was really excited to get to talk with him. Like I said, I will link all of his contact information in the show notes, so make sure you go down there and connect with him because he is a wealth of information. I'd like to take a minute to thank the person who left a five-star review on my podcast, and I'm going to read it real quick. So this is from R. T. Lee. Shelly Saves the Day is such an appropriate title. She is a wealth of knowledge and freely shares information to help others. Starting a YouTube channel can be an uphill battle for anyone, and women have an extra level of things to consider. So it's great to learn from someone who has experience navigating the trenches and addressing the tough issues. Shelly, you are amazing, and I highly recommend this podcast. Thank you so much, R.T. Lee. Thank you for that awesome five-star review. If you would like to have your review read on air, then please go to iTunes and leave a review, and I would be happy to read it in the next episode. Thanks so much. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you leave a five-star rating on whatever listening platform you are listening on, and I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you later. Bye.